Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hi, it's Al Anderson, and this is my podcast. Thanks a lot for checking it out. On the podcast today, my first council candidate roundtable, and we talk about Portage and Maine. Premier Brian Pallister meeting with the other premiers down in New Brunswick. I talked to the premier. And also coming up, the mother of a transgender child and what their life is like. All that and more on the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to it. And now, enjoy the podcast. We are getting set here for our very first. I hope we can do several of these between now and uh, Election Day in October here in Winnipeg. But we're uh, getting ready for our first council candidate roundtable. And we are still waiting for one of the participants. I wanted to get at least one incumbent uh, on today. And Janice Lukes is the incumbent. She has not joined us yet. We got her chair ready for her because if she rolls in late, we will get Janice Lukes on. But also joining us uh, here today is Stephen Lipischak from Transcona. Steve, nice to meet you. Thank you very much for having me. Stephanie Mayor from Fort Rouge, East Fort Gary. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, thank you for having me. And we have certainly talked on the phone many times. You uh, represented the Osborne biz, and now you're given a shot at uh, giving politics a try, so I'm anxious to hear your thoughts on that and why you did that. And then Vivian Santos in Point Douglas, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Hal. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you all for coming in. So maybe let's start, uh, Steve, with you uh, running in Transcona. Tell us a bit about yourself. Why did you decide to do this? Well, I've always been uh, part of the community uh, of where I live, and uh, I give back. I'm a Rotarian. I'm a Knight of Columbus. I involved in a few boards, and I've always given back through my uh, um, work history with the Vicar Automotive Group. I've also had experiences with different charities and everything. So uh, I'm always out in the public, and I've always wanted to help people. This was just a natural progression to keep it going, and I found the need for a new voice in Transcona. It was time I felt, and uh, other people have approached me, and so I said, I talked it over with my wife, uh, and uh, she said. Well, now's the time. Let's do it now. So I closed my eyes and jumped in. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll, I'll maybe ask one follow-up question of each of you as we do this, too. By the way, you're Rotarian, so already you're good in my books because Rotarians are some of my favorite people. <laughs> um, but you, you said, you know, held your breath and, and jumped in, right? I mean, we talk all the time on the radio here about how uh, we need to get more people to get involved in politics, but, man... It's it's a tough gig once you're in, but it's a tough gig just running for the position, and you know all that comes that uh, challenge, right? Yes, it is. We were uh, just discussing it outside uh, just before because there are some people that just you know they uh, have already made up their mind as yeah. to what kind of people that would run for office, and you know what, the people that run for office are people that care for the community, mm-hmm. and that's what I say. Yeah, no matter what, right? No matter who you are, what, you know, your politics, absolutely, uh, you know, a tip of the hat to mm-hmm. anybody who runs because uh, I, I think it is important that we we find good people and, and make sure that they, they represent us, absolutely. Um, uh, Stephanie, let's uh, find out about you. Tell us about you. Well, I've run the Osborne Village Biz uh, as the executive director for seven years now. Um, and when I came on... Uh, as the executive director and the producer of Winnipeg's largest event, being Canada Day, I was there for one reason, and that was to create and make change in an area that I loved, was very passionate about, um, both the business side as well as the residential and all the organizations within it. After seven years of working alongside an amazing board with 
tremendous businesses. Some of the businesses down there have been in, in business 30, 40, even 50 years. Some of the most longest standing businesses down there. And just seeing how the most densely populated neighborhood, uh, I believe actually still in Canada, can come together um, and change over the seven years that I put the hard work in. Uh, once Jenny Gerbassi announced that uh, she would not be coming back, I, I took it from my board as well as for myself, and this was the next step to make the next level of change. I think with adding the, the foot patrol and working really, really hard with the Winnipeg Police Service, as well as our streetscaping initiatives and everything we've done to make that community rejuvenated and better, I've 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 done that all I can do as the executive director and this is the next uh, next step for me. Mm. So put my foot in, put my heart and soul back into that community I'm passionate about, uh, extend it to the rest of Fort Rouge and East Fort Gary, and put all that hardworking energy that I have and put into the biz into that large community. You mentioned Jenny uh, Gerbassi, so that did play a role, right? Had Jenny kept running, you probably would not have. I can't answer that, mm. but I think that her stepping down, um, and I'm, I'm very close with Jenny, and she did tremendous things in her in her 20 years that she was city councillor. Um, I think with her stepping down, someone else needed to carry on that legacy, and I'm willing to do that. Sure. Uh, Vivian, tell us a bit about you. Oh, um, yes. Uh, thanks again for having me on the show. Yeah. Um, sorry if I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I've oh, never no, done this be <laughs> before. But uh, yes. Of all the shows at CJOB, <laughs> this, I would argue this might be the friendliest okay, one. Okay, so good. You're okay. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, well, some of them already have known me as um, Vivian Santos as the executive assistant to Councillor Mike Pactican. Um, I've worked with him for the last uh, three years and um, want to be able to continue on, you know, the work that he and I have started and obviously branch off and do some other different fresh ideas that I've come up with. So some of the experiences that I have is I was a legal administrative um, assistant for two law firms for about 14 years. So that's kind of my background in uh, legal. So I was able to bring in transition into that, into bringing it into politics and become an executive assistant. So, yeah. What, what is maybe one thing you learned working with uh, Mr. Pactican that, um, that you'll take with you if you happen to win and represent the ward? Customer service. It's very, very important. Um, as being a public servant to the public, it's important to always communicate back to the residences, whether it might um, you know, be a phone call, social media, um, you know, email. I know that's that's definitely something that I've learned, and Mike has been very <laughs> letting me know that that's important to always mm. get back to the community. Yeah. And Janice Lukes has joined us. Hello, Janice. Hello, nice to hi. see you. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming in. I wanted to have, as I go forward doing some of these uh, between now and October, I wanted to have at least one incumbent, right, so that we can, you know, because I think. Uh, these other three here, if they go on to find themselves winning the ward, I think they can learn a lot from you and, and other councillors that are there now and that have been there uh, in the past. So quickly, uh, right. tell us about Janice Lukes and, and why you want to re- why you want to run again. Okay, well, thank you, Hal. Um, well, for those that don't know me, before I was elected, I worked in fund development for about 15 years in the community, raising money for many different uh, grassroots organizations, and this was sort of a natural step to the next level, trying to make change and move progress forward. So I've been a counselor now for four years, and um, I had the largest ward, which was essentially, uh, I was running 
two wards. <laughs> so from a population standpoint in comparison to other wards. So it was really, really challenging to say the least. So what's happened is uh, we call for a ward boundary review to, you know, equal out. Um, people need equal representation. But when you have one councillor with the same resources and the one office person, you're kind of <laughs> in overload. Right. So the ward has been split basically in half, and I had to pick one half to run in. So um, I looked at the the two wards and thought, where can I add the most value? Um, because, you know, I'm not 20, so I have a little bit of knowledge behind me yeah. and experience. <laughs> and so I thought, where can I add the most value? And I picked the new emerging community. And uh, I've had people say, oh, my God, there's so many headaches over there. Why are you taking that one on? But you know what? If I'm going to be here, I'm not going to be a seat warmer. I'm going to grab the bull by the horns and uh, try and make some positive change out there. What have you learned in four years? Because I remember seeing, if it wasn't the morning after you won, it was the, you know, within a couple of days. And I know you were excited, but I think you were like, oh boy, what am I getting into? So how (laughs) has it it been? (laughs) I remember going for lunch with Councillor Lard and Councillor Mays and Councillor Lard's like, oh my God, I've tried many elections to get elected. Oh my God, I'm so happy I'm here. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? (laughs) So um, I think what I've really learned is uh, it's all about nine votes under the current governance model that we operate under, under the strong mayor model. It's all about nine votes. Anything else? You know what? Really is is not that important. It's mm. to get those nine votes to move the agenda forward. And and I've worked long and hard to get a governance review because I think there's better ways to gather input from community. But what I've learned is nine votes matters under yeah. the current model. So mm. like it or leave it, <clears throat> nine votes. And I, as a representative of the largest ward, of two wards really, um, after two years, it didn't matter. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get yeah. to vote yes or no, right? right? I put no, my hand up I or do yeah. whatever. But mm. I think there's more to developing a city and to building a city by getting input from all. And mm. as we're seeing in what's happened today with yeah. the Portage in Maine, we're listening to the vote of all, right? I mean, there's lots of ways to look at that and lots to discuss about that, but that's not the question. Well, so. and in fact, we have a few minutes here before the news, and I wanted to get into the issues after the news, but let me throw that one out there because mm-hmm. that is the news of the day, right? Yeah. Right, yes, Portage is. in Maine. It the is. mayor, right. you and Councillor Brody right. said, hey, listen, right. we should vote and maybe open this mm-hmm. up to a mm-hmm. plebiscite for all of Winnipegers mm-hmm. to vote on Portage in Maine and whether or not it should be reopened to pedestrians. Right. And the mayor today said, all right, we'll right. vote. We'll right. vote. I'll I'll support the motion. Right. So you have to be happy about that. Well, he's supporting it because he doesn't have his nine votes. He doesn't have nine votes, right? So he knows when it comes to time for the vote, the actual vote, he doesn't have his nine votes. So what's more important in the big picture, running the city as a mayor or losing one of your prime things? At least he tried, and he's doing a darn good effort in trying, but he didn't have his nine votes. And you do not want to see Portage and Maine opened up. You know what? His, I wasn't sure on that because right. I know you want the mo- you want this motion tomorrow, but you, right. I don't know if and you I, are supporting Portage Maine. I'll speak to this on the floor council tomorrow, but you know what, Hal? When we say we do public engagement, what really it is, is it is public engagement, but it's also public education. Mm. And there's so much involved to public engagement where you educate the public. Many, many, many people do not know why he wants it opened. They don't know why. I represent a suburb. I represent two wards in a suburb. 
So you have questions. You want some questions answered. You want to know the motivation and, and more about... The and people I, and do. I, I know exactly. Yeah. I know right. exactly why. I get it. I'm behind it. I. It's okay. not about how Jan, what Janice okay. wants. I have to represent the people sure. that elected me. Yeah. And I, I don't, and I don't mean to cut you off. We're just yes. about out of time. And I want to get everybody else to at least weigh in yes, on yes. Portage and Maine. And yes. then we'll dig into this more after, okay. I promise. Steve, Portage and Maine, <laughs> if you don't mind telling me where you stand on that issue, short in you know short form here. Short form. Okay. Well, it's pretty hard for me to go short form. But, uh, <laughs> I know. It's hard for all of us. <laughs> it's, not what, it's not what the elected official wants. It's what the constituents want. And everybody in Transcona is, uh, I'm sure, on Facebook and everything saying that is not right. We don't want it open. There are much more pressing issues, road repair, uh, crime. Yeah. There's much more pressing issues. Give us the money to fix our streets. Why do you need to even go there? And it was uh, a smart move by, by the councillors to say, hey, let's put this to the public. Put okay. it on the put let's vote. Good. Let the voters do it. I for one, I'm sure everybody else will will stand by whatever the voters want. Yeah. All right. We'll get into it more after the news, I promise. Stephanie, Portage Maine. Absolutely. I agree with Steve and Janice on on that. It it comes down to Winnipeggers, what do they want? And the message I'm getting from my ward is absolutely the, the same thing. There are many more pressing issues. We need to look at our policing. We need to look at the safety level that we are seeing in Winnipeg right now. Our 911 call time, our wait time, it's absolutely horrendous. That money should be spent on different things, infrastructure, policing, and safety. That comes first. Portage and Maine is a want. It's not a need. And Vivian. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, this one is going to be a difficult one for me because Portage Maine is actually in my ward. And uh, I know I think a lot of people are going to want to know my answers. But to be honest with you, it's uh, it's not important to me. It's it's not on the top of my list. You know what my priorities are? What the uh, ward needs is Arlington Bridge is one of them that needs. Um, a new gymnasium at Tyndall Park is what the community needs. Um, after school youth program is what the community needs. So, you know, I want to make an informed decision. And when I become the city councillor and I can um, get all the information properly from the public as well as from the administration, then I think I can make a better informed decision. Premier Brian Pallister, he is down in New Brunswick meeting with the other premiers. And I had a chance to talk to him this morning and I began our conversation by asking what is on the agenda at the talks. Well, there's a number of items. We're really focused on uh, knocking down these barriers to trade internally. We see the threat that has emerged, obviously, with tariff increases uh, coming at us in the south and with NAFTA, you know, uh, negotiations dragging on. And we're a trading province in Manitoba and a trading country in Canada. We need to uh, be able uh, to demonstrate that we can get those barriers that are internal to us out of the way uh, and help ourselves create a better economy in the Canadian family. I see that some Indigenous leaders for the second year in a row will not be there. How do you feel about that? Well, that's the choice that they've made, and I respect the right to make that choice. We just uh, actually concluded some very, very good discussions with uh, uh, the uh, Native Women's Association of Canada this morning. Uh, Congress of Aboriginal Peoples had representation here, uh, and a lot of interesting projects, a lot of worthwhile projects that are moving forward, we learned about that I think can really help Manitoba and help in Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in Manitoba. Uh, but of course, there are also elections going on right now uh, for uh, the heads of uh, the Inuit uh, and uh, uh, national Indigenous organizations. And so uh, I think there's legitimate reasons why uh, chiefs weren't able to, a couple of the heads of those organizations weren't able to attend. Uh, but we do benefit from that dialogue, and we'll keep having that dialogue. Will the Prime Minister be there to meet with you? 
No, these meetings are exclusively the premiers and uh, provincial leaders will be meeting. We'll be discussing many other issues too. One obvious important one for Manitobans is health care funding. We know the federal liberal government dropped the level of uh, health care funding. Uh, that's not sustainable going forward. You know, we have a, a, an aging population that needs health care and our wait times uh, can't be allowed to continue to grow. Uh, we need a partnership with Ottawa and uh, the Canadian Medical Association just released a report yesterday uh, echoing what the premiers have been saying. We need to get to a sustainable level uh, of uh, funding uh, from Ottawa to make the system work better for Canadians. Can I go back to one of the issues you mentioned, trade between the provinces? Why is that such a big, important issue for you? Well, it's, a, it's very important for Manitoba, but it's important for Canada. Uh, we have old, uh, archaic barriers that were built up over many, many years that need, need to be eliminated. For example, uh, if you and I wanted to start a company, and many Manitobans are, are investing now, we're leading the country in increased investment in private sector companies. So we're, we're looking for opportunities across the country. If we wanted to start a company to have offices across the country or divisions or, you know, uh, retail stores, we would have to have 10 different first aid kits. Now, how strange is that? And we would have to file 10 different company registrations all across the country of Canada. These, these rules need to be reformed. We can't, heck, you can't even take 24 beer across the border in, in half of the Canadian provinces without breaking a provincial rule. Now, th- these rules cause extra costs for people. Canadians are missing out, uh, according to the Bank of Canada, $1,500 per family is the money that would be waiting for each family if we can get these interprovincial barriers out of the way. And I'm a strong believer that leaving more money in the hands of working families and seniors is the best way for Canada to build its economy. And we need to demonstrate that we're as premiers capable of getting these old, uh, silly barriers out of the way as soon as possible. Final question, Mr. Premier, your reaction to the St. Boniface by-election, your candidate finished fourth out of four behind the Green candidate. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm very uh, uh, pleased to offer congratulations to Dougal Vermont on his success in that riding. It is, of course, one we haven't held for uh, since, I believe, held before you were born. <laughs> and so uh, I, I take some solace, I guess, in the fact that uh, we are going to continue to stay focused on the job that we were hired to do. We're going to fix the finances of our province. We're going to rebuild the economy. We're going to repair our services. And those aren't easy jobs, but that's what we're focused on doing. So I offer my congratulations to Mr. Lamont. Uh, and I uh, and I certainly appreciate all the people that went out and voted in the by-election. I know the turnout was very low, uh, but that's normal in a by-election, I guess. Uh, but I thank them, and I thank all the candidates as well uh, for giving democracy a chance to work. I lied. A follow-up question. I know you would love to have won that by-election. You didn't, but the Liberal winning the by-election may be a good sign for you. It may split that NDP Liberal vote in the next election. Are you, do you look at it that way, or is that for the pundits? Well, you know me too well, Hal. I'm, I'm not interested in the backroom stuff. I'm interested in helping Manitoba get stronger and helping Manitobans have a better life, and that's what I'm after. That's what our government's focused on doing. We'll continue to do that. And, you know, it's good, it's good that uh, uh, we're able now for the people of St. Boniface to say, well, they have a member of the Legislative Assembly. Uh, Greg Selinger served there for a number of years, but when he resigned, of course, uh, that created that vacancy. And so, again, congratulations to Dougal Lamont on his win over in St. Boniface. Mr. Premier, I hope your meetings there are productive and travel home safely. Thanks so much, Hal. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We're going to get into this uh, 
Dave Wheeler thing. I will just say this, and I said this at the end of Jeff Courier's show as well. Uh, Dave's comments, I worked with Dave for seven or eight years in this building, in fact. And uh, But I will say this, his comments were wrong and they were hurtful. And um, I got a, a letter, somebody sent me this letter from uh, Facebook. Jamie Webster put this on her Facebook page. And we're going to talk to Jamie here in just a moment, and I just thought this was so well written. Uh, Jamie said this on Facebook. Mr. Wheeler, letter to Wheeler. Mr. Wheeler, I formally invite you to spend one day with my family. I'm a mom of a 16-year-old transgender child, and your comments may have set him back today. Come see us, quote, pretend to be loving and caring. Come see us challenged, sad, scared for his future because of people like you. Come watch us make sure he doesn't become a statistic because he heard your ignorance. Let us show you how brilliant, kind, and real he is. Let us show you how wrong you are. Seriously, come for dinner and watch us, quote, pretend to be a normal family with challenges slightly different than others, but not more or less important. I'll await your RSVP. To our supporters, please share. His chair awaits him. And again, that is Jamie Webster, who joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Jamie. Hey there. How you doing? Uh, fine. Thank you for joining us. That was so well written, Jamie. It, it, the first time I read that, it, it brought a, it choked me up. It brought a tear to my eye. Thanks a lot. It actually, it took a lot to actually write it because I was so worried for my child at that time. Um, knowing that he was reading the comments that Mr. Wheeler had to say, thinking to myself, oh, God, we just took 20 steps back. How do I make sure that he's going to be okay? And I thought, you know, you can meet it with rudeness. You can you can argue. You can do whatever. Or you can just show them. You really don't understand clearly, Mr. Wheeler. So why don't you come and see it for yourself? Yeah. And, uh <sighs> We all, a lot of us have questions, right, about uh, transgender people, and and, uh, and, and that's why I, I really appreciated what you wrote, because I'm sure you were angry and hurt, uh, as, as a lot of people were by what was said, but you invited him to join your family at the dinner table and to learn about you, your family, and your challenges. Yeah, I just, I really don't see another way to approach it. I mean, I'm not transgender myself, um, but my child is. I don't always particularly understand why people who are not living that moment or walking in those shoes need an explanation. But the best way, in my opinion, to approach it is through education. So I can call you every name in the book, um, or you could just come sit down and have a meal with us and be like, you know what? these people are kind of normal and then maybe that opinion would change you know what i mean so that's just the way i look at it how did you react when your child came to you with this um i you know it took it takes any mother uh jay at birth was a girl um and my only daughter at the time so it would take any mother a little bit of time to sort of transition in their own brain um 
okay, there goes the white dress, there, you know, that sort of thing, like figuring that all out. However, it's not my story. I've said this before. It's not about me. It's about Jay, his happiness. And, um, you know, (laughs) you get on board and you just get with it. You read as much as you can and you start educating. And I mean, our group of friends around us are phenomenal. So it made it super easy for me to uh, switch the mindset really quickly. Do you get asked a lot of questions by people or, or are people reluctant to ask you those? Uh, I'll say difficult questions because I think for some people they're difficult questions to ask. You know what? I think that an open mind will ask a question, right? If you are open to something and you don't quite understand it, you will. So do I get asked a lot of questions? Yes, but only by the right people. The people who don't ask questions are those ones that are shining a flashlight on themselves as trolls on Facebook, writing the rudest comments without ever walking a mile or asking a question, just assuming that the lifestyle that a child has been born into or a family is accepting of is wrong, 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 and they don't ask any questions. So, yeah, we have been asked a lot of questions, but it's always by the right group of people that do that. Unfortunately, um, the group that doesn't ask the questions are people like Mr. Wheeler. Well, and I believe it's my job as a broadcaster on this station, CGOB, which is, you know, talk and information. And I believe it's my job when I have questions or when I think people listening have questions, it's my job to try and find the answers. So uh, I think, I guess maybe that's why what you wrote struck me because I thought, wow, here's somebody who has to be angry and hurt, but wants to try and educate. Because that's the key here, right, Jamie? Educating. Absolutely. I mean, how are we ever going to move forward if we don't, uh, you know, ask those questions? You don't know. You, Mr. Wheeler, you don't know. You're not trans. You don't have a trans child. You don't have a trans parent. You don't have a trans cousin or whatever the case is. Why don't you just ask a question? And if you, you're not, you know, wanting to do that out loud and in public, like, here you go, come to my dinner table. There's four of us sitting right here that will talk to you about it. If you don't choose education, how do we move forward on these sorts of topics? We just don't. How did your son react to this? He, he heard the comments? Uh, yeah, he definitely heard the comments. Um, he's, he's, he's such a strong 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 individual it's quite like ridiculous he doesn't want to be defined only as trans and he shouldn't be like he's a writer he's a journalist he's brilliant he's um he's got a ton of friends he's so smart like there's so many other things that's going that are going on um but this is when you define them when somebody writes something or says something ignorant that's when they only see that as themselves in the mirror and it's not fair to them and that's kind of why I spoke up and thought like come see everything he is he isn't just pretending to be someone else do you know what I mean he was born that way and we need to accept that you talked about your challenges as a family tell me about some of those well I think maybe it's just normal in the sense that um like I said, speaking as a mother myself, um, you know, Jay was born a female and I had 
an idea of makeup and boys and wedding and, you know, that sort of thing. And um, you have to, you have to hurdle that. You have to, they said it best in an interview we did previous time ago um, that you have to mourn the daughter and invite the son. And it was perfectly said because that's exactly what you have to do. Um, you have to get all of your extended family to understand um, you have the changing the pronouns from she to he um, siblings to understand that they don't have a sister. They have a brother, um, so on and so forth. Just sort of navigate it all and do it in a way that you are protecting your, your, your transgender child heart, mind, body, spirit, making sure that they never become another statistic. You know, the good thing to come from all of this, in my opinion, Jamie, and you tell me if you agree or not, but the good thing to come from this is conversations like this. And maybe, because I'm sure this isn't the first time you have heard these comments, these types of comments, right? So I I hope that the good that comes from this is conversations like this, because that's how we learn. And maybe before somebody else says something, They'll think before they say it and maybe go and learn and educate themselves before they say that. I mean, that's all we want. Um, We want to make sure that people who don't understand have a platform to understand. And those also who do understand but are quietly hiding behind something because they're so afraid because the world's general views are, are coming along but not all the way there or even their own immediate family doesn't quite understand, they know that there are people like them out here and that there are people out here that will answer that 3 a.m. phone call, that will walk the pride parade with them, that will do anything, you know, just to make sure that they are okay. And that's really all we want. We just want to advocate for the people that matter. They matter. They matter. They don't, they're no different than any of us just because we decided that the proper term for them was transgender. Well, I uh, salute your courage for the Facebook post, and thank you for coming on and talking with me today. I I really think it matters. It's important. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak out today and let everybody know that, you know, you matter. You matter. It doesn't matter what you are. You matter. Here, here. Jamie Webster, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.